This is the 412th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. In this episode, we're going to take a closer look at the Carolina Panthers and number one overall pick Bryce Young. If you are listening to this for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, the regular season is finally here. The Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers will open things up on Sunday at 1 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say about Carolina. Some of the personnel we're pretty familiar with, uh, especially on the defensive side. They've uh, they invested a lot of draft capital on the defense the last couple of years, and it's certainly paid off. And they still, in my opinion, have one of the better inside backers in the league and Shaq Thompson. So I think this division, you know, with him and Demario, they're very, both of them are very, very good inside linebackers, smart players, tough, set the tone. So we are familiar with the personnel scheme. Um, obviously different on that side of the ball. If you're always coming over from Denver, you know, that scheme has been, a lot of people have gotten jobs that have kind of used their own versions of it as it's broken off. But you know, practice against something similar down in Miami. You, know, you play something similar last year with the Rams. And the Chargers, you know, they're those guys all cross pass. You know, there, there's there's some familiarity there, um, but we know we got our work cut out for us. And then offensively, you know, they've got a uh, pretty big offensive staff. Guys come from a lot of different places, so I'm sure you'll see the, the mashup of that. You know, Frank Reich, somewhat familiar with him being on the other side in, in Tennessee. I think he does a heck of a job. We know a lot of things that focus on that quarterback and as it, as it should be he's a great player they took him with the first pick overall and they've uh, got some you know veteran pass catchers and so it, it'll be a battle now the falcons and carolina have been looking for quarterbacks uh, at the same time here after their long time signal callers Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, they had to move on from them guys after uh, they went to Super Bowl 50 and Super Bowl 51 respectively the Falcons drafted Desmond Ritter last year, and the Panthers traded a bushel of picks to the Chicago Bears and wide receiver DJ Moore to move up to the number one pick in the draft, and they selected 
former Alabama signal caller Bryce Young. Here's Arthur Smith on preparing for a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. Well, every year there's unknown. I mean, teams change coordinators. Yeah, you may have a familiarity with a quarterback. Um, you know, with somebody like Bryce, I mean, he's he's been a lot of big-time games and certainly been on the pressure cooker at Alabama. So I don't think them. certainly the, you know, I wouldn't want to speak for him, but obviously we've got a lot of respect for him. I, I, I'd imagine the moment wouldn't be too big for him. Um, he's got some veterans around him, you know, a right tackle and, in the tight end room and then Thielen and those guys that can help him. And then he's got a veteran coaching staff. So uh, every year there's unknown week one, you know, people save stuff. Um, you know, people are pretty basic in the preseason for the most part. You know, we you've seen some of the jet sweep. I mean, that's kind of standard issue in the NFL these days and saw a little bit of it in the preseason. I'm sure they have it incorporated. And then you've got a lot of the, the drop back game, which I'm sure he, he's a, uh, very comfortable with. He's a good player. Well, you know, before the Falcons got back to practice on Monday, they had a few days off. Here's what John o. Smith had to say about what he did on his couple of days off. Just treating, man. Just treating. Just staying in this building. I was in this building, man. It's, uh, you know, my family's here. Um, you know, I don't need to go nowhere. I've, you know, I'm year seven, so I just did all the flying back and going home for a few days and enjoying myself. Uh, kind of getting older now, so, you know, my set is a little different. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always good to get away, of course, for sure. And, you know, I want to go see family and, you know, catch some college games. That's awesome. But I was just chilling here. Now, John, who is one of the guys who came over in free agency, or no, he was a trade with New England. You know, Coach Rod Smith had him at Tennessee. So he's been in the AFC all of his career, Tennessee and New England. But he does have some familiarity with the Carolina Panthers. You know, cross division games. I played, you know, played some of these guys and, you know, familiar with some of these guys and um, some joint practices that I even had with them, um, especially with Carolina. Um, we joint practice with them last year when I was in New England. So I'm familiar with some of these guys. And, um, you know, but it is a new division for me. It's a, it's a new, uh, it's a, it's a new look um, of, of faces that I'll be seeing, um, you know, on, on most Sundays. So um, I just got to do my job as a, as a as a pro, as a vet, to you know, study my opponent and on my opponent, and uh, you know, let it uh, let it uh, transition to Sunday. All right, some of the guys that are injured are starting to get healthy. Mike Hughes returned to practice on Monday. And here's how he here's what he said about how he felt and if he'll be ready to go on Sunday. Felt good, man. Uh, just you know, trying to take it slow, um, you know, day by day. But uh, you know, I felt pretty good for the most part. Do you feel ready for the game? Um, uh, I, for the most part, I feel ready. But um, you know, we we just want to be smart about things and um, you know, just like I said, take it day by day. You know, when the injured players are out, you know, you want to stay on top of things. You want to attend the meetings. You want to make sure you're on top of the bookwork while you're not able to physically partake in all of the activities. Here's what Mike had to say on trying to stay ready mentally. Well, I've been in all the meetings, right. so, um, you know, trying to catch up on that part of the game is, uh, you know, you always got to be tapped in, uh, even when you're not out there on the field. Um just being tapped in and uh, still being coachable when you're not out there, doing taking all the mental reps. Um, that's very important because when you get out there, you don't want to feel like a step behind, uh, which you already will be because you haven't been out there. So um, just being on top of that in the classroom uh, you know, helps me get that even playing field when I'm out there uh, healthy physically. You know, the Panthers are undergoing a major change on uh, 
you know, new coach, first round pick. They had a pretty good defense built around Shaq Thompson. Brian Burns might not be there, but hey, one of the big additions for the Falcons this year uh, was revamping that uh, defense and handed it over to Ryan Nelson, who'll be first time defensive coordinator in uh, uh, in this game on Sunday against the Panthers and Bryce Young. Here's what Mike Hughes had to say about Ryan Nelson, who wants to play an attacking and aggressive style of football. Ryan, man, he's a he's a great guy. He's an energy guy. Yeah. Um, so you know, whenever you know he, he feel like the room is down, he he's the one that's picking us up. Um, and you know he, he demands greatness out of us. So uh, you know we, we try to be perfect for him. And uh, we know nobody's perfect, but uh, you know as long as we approach the game that way, then uh, you know it, it, it's been helping us grow a lot. As a defense. All right, wide receiver Drake London. We haven't been able to get to him. We requested him during the training camp time. We had to request people, then they bring him during the the coaches session. And so we missed him a couple times. So we wanted to talk to him in the locker room on Monday. And here's what Drake London had to say about things as they get prepared for the season opener. How's uh, everything been camp? Y'all getting ready to start the. It's been great. Get the season back up. Here. It's been great. Mm-hmm. It's been really, really good. Um, just to play football again, and see all the guys around my teammates and everything like that. It's been great. Coach is talking about pushing you all really hard in camp. Do you feel that um, y'all did have a, a good camp to you know to, to push things and oh most get definitely ready for the most definitely especially for our, um, our wide receiver group. Um, mm-hmm. We was big on that. You know, pushing ourselves every day and and keep on um, pushing the limit pretty much at the end of the day. Um, keep on striving for greatness and, and just coach has been pushing us and we've been pushing ourselves as well. And as far as the passing attack, how did y'all get, feel the work was there and getting everything timed up? It's just reps day in and day out and keep on getting getting those reps and dialed in with Dez or uh, anybody like that, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, um, you know guys don't like to do goals and all that, but what would be a good you know, contribution from yourself and and the passing attack and and the team. I know you're going to block and all that too. Yeah. Um, Whatever comes my way, I got to catch it. Um, Whatever type of help I can, blocking, whatever it is, I'm going to try to do it. So my goal is just to try to be 100% in whatever I can do. All right, we're going to take a break now from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to 
subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. Again, that's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. We're going to take a little dive into the Carolina Panthers who are undergoing a great deal of change up there. We talked about Bryce Young. They, you know, they tried to hire Matt Rule. They went with the flashy college guy, which never works in the NFL. Going all the way back to Lou Holtz, Nick Saban. Uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson's about the only one that worked. And so, but, you know, so that's one out of, you know, a couple, couple hundred here, 1%. So, you know, the college guy doesn't work. They moved off of that. Steve Wilkes did a great job. Didn't like him. And uh, they went back out there and then came up with uh, Frank White, right, who had been the head coach of the Colts from 2018. He was uh, more noted for his work with the the Eagles and helping them get to the Super Bowl by beating the Falcons in 2016, the last time they made the playoffs. So Frank Reich, former Maryland quarterback, Boomer's old backup from back in the day, Jim Kelly's old backup from the Buffalo days. He's the coach up in Carolina. He's got Thomas Brown from Georgia and Los Angeles Rams, former Falcons draft T as his offensive coordinator. And uh, Everson uh, Evero from uh, Denver as his defensive coordinator. So, you know, you're facing a whole new coaching staff. You don't know what to expect. But they did get the number one overall pick. And everybody here in the South has, you know, watched Bryce Young do his thing over at Alabama where he passed for 8,356 yards, 80 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions in three collegiate seasons. In this exhibition season, he took a little bit of a beating behind a still-developing offensive line, completed 14 to 24 passes, 129 yards, and one touchdown, but no interception. He had a passer rating of 87 and was sacked three times. Now, they did go out and get him some some plausible weapons. I mean, I'm not afraid of anything here, but, you know, Adam Thalen, was a great rock runner in his day with the Vikings. Running back Miles Sanders had a, a you know decent run with the Eagles. And then we know Hurton Hurst was a former first-round pick who's bounced around the league. Baltimore, Atlanta, then the Bengals, and then now Carolina. And they also got Andy Dalton as a veteran backup to help Young out. So, yeah, not exactly uh, the 78 Steelers there, but they did get him some help. And that's what the Falcons will be seeing. The line's still shaky. Got Taylor Moten at right tackle. But, um, you know, you got the flashy number one pick. Can you keep him alive? You don't have uh, a lot of weapons around him. You got a good tight ends and so forth. But Bryce Young, we know he can sling it. And the Falcons know that he can sling it. And uh, cornerback Mike Hughes said, we just kind of got to go off of the scheme. We know he's a heck of a player. He won the Heisman Trophy. Series record, the Falcons lead 35-21. to 21. Uh, They won seven of the last 10 meetings. They split the games last year. You know, Matt Rule lost down here on that wild P.J. Walker pass. They don't get the penalty. They might win that game. Then uh, the Falcons went up there, and the uh, Jake Matthews had a baby game. And uh, he went out and played and did his thing, but that was probably the end of Mariota there. Uh, up at Carolina when they lost 25-15, to 15, one of their games that was not a one-score game. So where to watch, listen, and live stream the Panthers at Falcons. 
you know, the main main folks or uh, Fox 5, Chris Myers, Robert Smith. I covered him at Ohio State back in the day. And Jen Hill, Todd McClure's good friend from LSU, will be the sideline reporter. And our local uh, locals are, you know, of course, Dave and Wes will be handling for 92.9. And we have the, uh, you can go online and get this for the satellite stations and the streaming information. Today, uh, some of the old timers came out, got to see John Abraham, Jerry Snowwood, and Dante Robinson at Dobbins Air Force Base. They were there for a uh, National Guard reenlistment of four uh, soldiers, and then some of the junior RTC kids from the school came out and did some fitness runs, and the players were there to encourage them. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, Grady Jarrett, Bradley Pinion, Liam McCallum, Avery Williams was there, backup quarterback Taylor Heineke, running back Tyler Algier, and tight end John Fitzpatrick. Salary cap, everybody want to know when the dust settled. The roster set, 53 going into the season. Falcons are sitting on $11.8 million uh, under the salary cap, according to the NFLPA documents. That's pretty much emergency fund type deals. Some people start going down, you get hurt, you have some money to do stuff. So you just don't want to spend up to the cap every year. So they, they got cap money. They're showing some cap restraint here. Now, also, the captains were announced this week. Not really a surprise when you, uh, since you gave him $64.02 million. But Jesse Bates is one of the safeties, along with defensive tackle Grady Jarrett, kicker Youngway Coos, got the special teams. And so it looks like you got two offensive and two defensive captains. The offensive captains are Chris Lindstrom and Jake Matthews were your five captains. And we'll check with Coach to see, uh, you know, it's a couple different ways to do captains. You let the players vote or you pick or uh, you do a rotating thing. And he's probably got a rotating spot for, you know, a player of the week who uh, had a good week of practice. You bump him up into captaincy for, for the game. We'll see how Coach plans to do that. Injury report-wise, the um, Falcons are in relatively good shape, except for at cornerback Jeff Acunda was um, working with the trainers, Patterson uh, and Cornell Armstrong. Uh, Mike Hughes made it back. Corderell Hodge looked like the closer of the three on Monday. We'll see on Wednesday when the first official injury report comes out. But, yeah, if you're going into this game without Acunda, your backup plan is Trey Flowers. If you're going into the game without Corderell Patterson, you, of course, you got Bijan and um, Tyler Algier. You could bump up Godwin from the uh, practice squad. Uh, and as far as his kick returning duties, you have Mike Hughes as the backup as the punt returner and the kickoff returner. And so if Corderell Hodge can't play, he's your number three guy. So you just slide all the receivers up, Scotty Miller and Josh Ali into that role if he's not able to go. So that's how the injury report is. And we'll get the official one on Wednesday, on Wednesday. So and then lastly, the depth chart, first official one of the season came out. And Coach had some fun because I moved Bijan up to the number one spot last week. And he was like, how do you have Corderell third i was like well he ain't been at practice you know you, you gotta gotta see you on the bus if we if we got a game against wallace park and you're not on the bus then you're not on the depth chart so when he gets back on the bus he can move back to number one but coach couldn't stand the fact that he was not 
at number one in the spot. So he created the joker position for him. So that's what the J, that's a defensive spot, really. The old 49ers ran a joker linebacker. But so Coach got Corderell at the joker spot. When you see the J next to his name in the paper as the number one J, because he can play running back, wide receiver, and be a joker for real. So I don't know if Coach is still playing, but... I'll have to we'll have to follow him around and see when he gets back where he's gonna be playing at. So Corderell's the number one joker and uh Bijan's the number one running back. About the only other change there that I could detect was that Zach Harrison moved ahead of Joe Graziano at the defensive line spot. So I can go through this list. If they're starting Arnold Ebicady, it's almost a fifty percent turnover. You only got uh, Grady coming back. And AJ Terrell and Richie Grant. So that's three of the 11 starters on defense. And then on offense, it's a little bit more stable. So you got three of 11. And then offensively, yeah, you got to count Ritter because you count the last game. So Ritter, well, B. John, that's one that's new. Keith, John will be new if he starts. Bergeron will be new. That's three. And then Kyle Pitts will count, and so would Mac Holland. So that's six. So seven and six. That's 13 to 22 new starters, over 50% as projected. Now, is this a playoff team? Well, we heard from we heard from uh, Jim Miller and Pat Curran on uh, SiriusXM, and that's a part of our Cover 9 at 9 blog. They both believe the Saints are the best team in the division. One of them says the Falcons are going to the playoffs. The other one says he's not ready to go all the way there with Desmond Ritter. That's Jim Miller, who's predicting the Falcons will go to the playoffs. And then that is Pat Kerwin, who's not so sure. So we've got our, our special section coming out on Sunday. A lot of Falcons coverage there. we got a big Desmond Ritter story column coming in from uh, our good friend Ken Segura. Trying to pull up the uh, the uh, plan here as we go and, and wrap up here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Our main story is on a return to respectability. So I'm working my way through that. I have some of the interviews done. We're going to do some more here over the next couple of days. We know what the deal is. They haven't been to playoffs in five years. Uh, they haven't even been over 500. So is this a team that's going to go out on the football field on Sundays, mostly at 1 o'clock because they didn't get any primetime games, and get some respectability back for this franchise. We're going to see. Michael Cunningham's doing a preview column. Segura on Desmond Ritter. And we got a big feature we've been working on all over the summer by our intern Colin Beasley on Bijan Robinson. So those are the big hitters for the um, – for the season preview that we got coming up. So look for that on Sunday. Uh, the early editions will be out on Saturday. It'll be online probably Thursday night and uh, Friday throughout the day. And then my uh, another story that I have to do is story of five moves or more the Falcons made to go from salary cap hell to big offseason spenders. So, you know, that's going. That's basically says, hey, Jesse Bates story, and uh, then we'll go through all the rest of the moves and so forth. And then you have your roster and schedule coming at you in that Sunday newspaper to get you ready for the 2023 season. 
So with that, we're going to get on out of here. We really appreciate you all coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. And finally, we're getting ready for some real football as the Atlanta Falcons will take on the Carolina Panthers at 1 p.m. on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So with that, I'm going to ask you to take care and have a great rest of your week. Remember to come back Sunday night after the game or early Monday morning where we're going to wrap up things from that first game against the Panthers. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh, 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 oh,